he's a Marine, former Marine, lost both of his legs above the knee in Afghanistan, uh, trying to dispose of, uh, of ordnance. Um, so he recovered from that, and then the first thing he thought is, you know what, I'm going to go compete in the Paralympics in rowing. Uh, so he did that, took a bronze medal, and then he's like, you know what, I'm just going to take my bike and go from Maine and ride my bike to California. Uh, see how that goes. So he did that. And now he's currently, I think, on day five or six of 31 marathons <laughs> in 31 consecutive days in 31 different cities. Portsmouth Nation, you are listening to Glock and Doc Audio Encounter, and I'm sitting here today with Dale King, and we are going to get right into it. We're going to talk about some nonprofit work that Dale started here in Portsmouth. Not a lot of people might know about it locally, but it's a national organization. Um, bunch of cool people. It's called Team Some Assembly Required. And we're going to get into why it's called that and a little bit about those guys. So there I was, all alone in the combat zone, much like I am this morning. Actually, I wasn't. I just like saying that phrase, all alone <laughs> in the combat zone. Um, so we started the gym. Actually, the gym started in 2010 in January before we even had our own building. We were running classes out of a smaller gym here in town, and a college buddy of mine, Derek Carver, was uh, serving as a platoon leader in the 82nd Airborne in Afghanistan. So, and you and Derek, which we've talked about before, you guys went to Capitol get together and were in the ROTC together. Yeah, we uh, we had um, he played football. I played football. Um, so frat bros. Frat bros. I was a senior. He was a freshman coming in. and um, You just took him under your wing. I was assigned. I had, it, <laughs> wasn't, it was not by choice. Um, in, in ROTC, what they try to do is they try to uh, uh, sign mentors and due to the you know, mutual interest we have, you know, football, weightlifting, drinking beer, um, they figured we'd be a good fit. So... I was, um, my first job was to be a mentor for Derek, and that's the only job I've failed at (laughs) so far. Um, If you guys don't know Derek, uh, please check him out on on Instagram, at at Derek underscore Carver. Um, I'm sure you can Google him. He will like, I'm sure if you talk to him too, he will tell you he's the greatest that's ever lived, so... Um, no, no, no matter uh, no amount of glamour. Um, <laughs> He's a I, good dude. He's hilarious. Miss that guy. Yeah. So, anyways, so we were uh, college buddies, and then fast forward, 
Um, so, of course, I went in the military several years ahead of him. He actually took him about six to seven years to graduate college without a doctorate. Doesn't surprise me. Um, he ended up getting kicked out of Capitol. <laughs> uh, so, I but didn't he, know that. Yeah, he got, uh, he got ex- <laughs> expelled from Capitol. Apparently, when you try to, like, take a sledgehammer and, and bust down brick walls, um, trying to start a frat war or something like that, uh, the college administration Says, frowns upon it. But the military let him stay. But the military let him stay. Cool. Um, so, 2000, we, and we had always stayed in touch from, you know, 03 to, to 010, um, and I was actually had already gotten out of the military and he was uh, due to his slow track and it was finally in, had his first platoon and going down range. So we kind of, we would talk, um, uh, just, you know, what to expect and how things going and the whole deal. And then everything kind of went dark for a couple days and the word kind of filtered back that he was, uh, involved in a pretty nasty attack in Afghanistan. And so basically what had happened was he was, uh, he was patrolling, uh, to go help secure a school in Afghanistan. He was on a dismount patrol, which means he was on foot. He was leading his platoon at which time an IED went off and the IED was designed to disable a tracked vehicle, let alone people. Yeah. People walking. So, uh, he got hit, got hit, um, Got hit in Afghanistan around January of 2010, and I was working for the Department of Energy at that time and just happened to be in headquarters area in D.C., and all kind of uh, information was coming back back and forth uh, that he finally had got flown into Walter Reed, basically fresh off of the battlefield. Um, so I was there, and there, you know, talking to his wife at the time and his family, you know, I was like, you know, basically it was the first time he could ever have visitors. So I went to Walter Reed for the first time in January 20 in uh, 2010 and went to go see him um, fresh off the battlefield. Yeah. So that, so 2010, that puts you out of the military mm-hmm. and you, you actually were deployed, came mm-hmm. back and uh, so going to see him, he lost his leg. Yeah, he lo- lost his entire leg, what's known as a, a above-the-knee amputation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I go in to see him, and you know that was my first time ever going to Walter Reed, let alone have to go see uh, 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 one, of, yeah, one, of my, one of my best friends. So it was a, And I honestly didn't want to go because yeah. I was not... Uh, not emotionally equipped to deal with uh, what was happening, but um, you know, I felt it was my duty as my friend to go right. to go to go see him and kind of get through that and be there. So I did, and um, he was there, and he was in and out of one of his numerous surgeries at the time, or blood, blood transfusions, or whatever it was, to uh, to help the situation out, and. Um, you know, he's he kind of recognized me, and, and we're talking, and I don't really know what to expect or what's going to happen or what kind of state he's in. Um, 
so he starts talking and he like in vivid detail starts recounting the story of what had happened to me um and i'm just sitting there just trying to take it all take it all in be a good friend not you know try to not act like i'm looking at my friend who just lost his leg and uh let alone the rest of the damage that's that's gone on to his body so i just say hey man you know what what happened and he you know he starts telling me uh, and gets to the point to where the the IED went off, and he could, you know, he's vividly recounting himself doing somersaults in the air, uh, and finally landing, um, coming out of it. And, and as the deal, as the he was the officer in charge of the patrol, so mm-hmm. once he came to, his first thought was, you know, on, of his men, what could he do to, you know, get assess the situation and mm-hmm. call in a medevac bird. So. Um, you know, he's getting treated on. He's trying to take care of his men. Um, and he's pretty much made peace with the fact that he's going to die, bleed out right there on the battlefield. Um, but he just wanted to make sure he could uh, he could take care of his men. And then once, you know, issued the, med- the you know, the 99 medevac, Bird comes in, his, his medic's working on him the whole time, and everything's going in. Um... He finally, he's like, okay, well, medevac's coming in. By there are, we did sustain some casualties. Um, getting, he feels okay that he's going to be taken away. So the docs. So this is what he's in. Like this is a very condensed down twenty minute yeah. story to three. If you ever get the chance to hear Derek speak, he does a really good job of remembering every detail. I mean, you know, that's always it's such a big thing, but. Mm-hmm. Um, when he tells it, he, it's play by play and how it was like so slow motion for him, but super fast at the same time. Um, so he gets to the point to where he just, the doc's working on him and he just says, you know, doc, don't, don't lie to me. What's it look like? And, uh, the doc says, son, you know, like, I'm not gonna, you, you're gonna have to lose this leg. And Derek responds with, "Well, no shit, Doc. But how's my dick look?" <laughs> um, so once he once he told me that, like I knew he was okay. He was his normal self because uh, that's just typical typical Derek kind of attitude. Yeah. Um, so. So you're in Walter Reed. You see your best one of your best friends in the state that he's in. He makes a joke. Obviously, you see that he's his normal self. Um, to the best that he can be, like you said, in between surgeries and, and blood transfusions and everything else. Mm-hmm. Cut to 2013, right? So yep. three years later. Yep. You've got your best friend. You guys kind of, you ended up back in Ports, <clears throat> sorry, Portsmouth. Mm-hmm. And uh, where was he? Was he in Michigan at the time? He was in Michigan. So he basically, within those three years, he went through countless other surgeries, rehab, um, and essentially was medically retired, medically retired several years later. Um, so now he's out and all he wanted to do was be in the military. So here he is. Uh, he was at the highlight, it, you know, it's, well, a lot of people don't understand about wounded warriors. Um, it's a lot like guys sustaining a career ending injury in the NFL mm-hmm. at the height of their career. So your whole identity has been associated with being an, a paratrooper, a ranger, a, a 
infantry guy, whatever. It's, mm-hmm. You know, a soldier. Your whole life has been spent preparing, training, and deploying to be a soldier. Just like it is the minute you put on pads as a 10-year-old kid to play Pop Warner football. And then all of a sudden, in a blink of an eye... Mm-hmm. Your whole world comes to an end, and you are no lo- you no longer have your identity associated with that, let alone being at the the prime peak of your career. And the government thanks you for your service and issues you out the door. So he was having a hard time trying to figure out what to do next. Um, and by now, I had my gym for several years, and was like, "Well, dude, if I can open up a gym and keep it running, you can do the same thing." Um, and it'll be a good outlet for you because the dude is a monster. Um, he loves to work out, loves yeah. to lift, loves, and he's strong as hell. So open up. he opens up his own gym, and uh, I kind of help him like um, make the connections to do that and, and kind of give him lessons learned. And I'm like, you know, it would be a cool thing if you come down to the Arnold Fitness Classic here in Columbus and uh, do this CrossFit competition with us. Um, it'd be a good way to like get your name out there and, um, you know, be a, just be a very positive thing. Well, what I didn't know was being a fresh amputee, he was super self-conscious, mm-hmm. uh, and self-aware and insecure of showing his leg mm-hmm. or not sh- showing his prosthetic leg, I should say, um, which I wasn't aware of because he kind of puts on this front of being so self-confident all the time. Nothing other bothers me. So we did go do a CrossFit competition, and at the and the workout was was in his favor. It was a strength-based workout, and what we didn't know was this is the first time in a, what's known as an adaptive athlete. So somebody who has a physical disadvantage, whether it's a prosthetic leg or arm or being in a wheelchair. Um, it was the first time an adaptive athlete had competed against able body athletes in a CrossFit competition. So we're getting ready, getting ready to go out there, and he has his pants on, and I'm like, hey, dude, like, uh, rip them off. Rip them off. He's like, no, I can't do it. And I'm like, like, fucking Superman doesn't go out without his cape, man. So, like, yeah. this is, so we get in this big argument, of course, like we always do, and, uh, we're walking out there, and there are thousands of people. Wait, you know, watching this thing happen. And you guys are just yelling at each other. And we're just yelling at each other. He's taking pre-workout from some stranger in the bathroom, and it's just <laughs> becoming a shit show. And uh, finally, he's like, he's like, fuck it, fuck you, and like, rips his pants off. Well, literally, like the entire, you could hear a pin drop in the stands when he like this massive dude pulls his pants off with ranger panties underneath it and like people were like literally thought he was the terminator yeah walking out there because um, up to this point he had kept them on during the competition yeah you couldn't tell yeah. you just thought he had a limp yeah um you just couldn't tell and then like holy they're like everybody just stopped what they're doing and then they heard three two one go and he starts blasting out bench presses cleans and uh and push presses or deadlifts whatever it was there's actually a YouTube video of it. We'll we'll post it later yeah. on, um, but like it's me videoing it, coaching him, and you can just hear like he comes out just sprinting this workout, which <laughs> is not necessarily the best choice um, when you need. It's a very long workout, so you can just hear me saying, "Slow down, breathe, <laughs> yeah. breathe." 
Um, so halfway into the workout, he takes a chalk bucket and just pukes right into the chalk bucket. <laughs> I didn't know that. In front of like thousands of people, just like blows chunks. Um, and we like to say the minute he started throwing up in the chalk bucket, that was the that was the moment Team SAR was was formed. Um, the very next year, because people loved it, like it yeah. it was insane. Yes, like was. Arnold came down himself. Yeah, Arnold's the people. Um, it was a uh, it was insane to watch this to watch this go down. And then the next year, um, our good buddy Aaron Genetti from CrossFit Endeavor. Um, essentially had to lead and organize the CrossFit event. So he texts me, he's like, hey, bro, like, um, you guys are coming back for sure, right? I'm like, yeah, yeah. He goes, well, do you think you can get a whole team? Because we're going to do a team competition this year, three men and three women. Um, do you, Derek, think you can get a team of adaptive athletes to compete against able body? And uh, we're like, Oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no problem, man. It won't be, a, it won't be an issue. And then, like, we get done, we're like, "How the hell are we gonna find three men and three women mm-hmm. um, to go out there and get after it?" So we found them. Uh, the first, the first team ever, um, three men and three women, and then we had to figure out a good name for him. I love the name. And, Everybody loves the and name. And so Derek was like, "You know what? Fuck it. Let's just uh." Team some assembly required. <laughs> and I was like, dude, that's actually really good. Yeah. Uh, because it's it's men and women of um, different adaptations. So wheelchair athletes, upper um, upper body, lower body, AKBK, above the elbow, wrist, hand, the whole deal. But they all require some sort of assembly to compete, to complete and compete in the... Uh, in the workouts. And it's not all military. It's Nope. Right. So it's if congenital or if like we have a, a guy on the team who was in a boating accident. Um so yeah, it's military and civilian adaptive athletes. Mm-hmm. And we have a website or they have a website it's called uh assembly required. And since that time at the Arnold, that first three and three team we have over 20 people on the team now. It's growing all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, if you ever drive by our building in Portsmouth and wondered why on the back of the building it says Team Some Assembly Required, that's because, that's 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 why. It's the nonprofit that Dale and Derek started. So we, we got this. And the thing is, you know, it's easy to get a team together, but what's hard is to get the get the funds necessary to for their travel, get the funds necessary for their training, get the funds necessarily to highlight and the awareness of what these what these men and women are trying to do. Um, so of course we got asked to come back and the very following year and bring more teams. And then that's when we finally were like, listen, if if we're gonna want to do this on the scale that people want to see this happen, um, we're going to need to to get together a 501c3 nonprofit, mm-hmm. um, raise funds, and get this going. The only problem is uh, Derek and I had zero <laughs> combined experience with running and setting up and establishing a nonprofit. But much like anything else in business, you can't let your lack of experience um, get in your way. Like Google is your friend, books are your friend, people are your friend. You can figure out a way to make it happen. So. Um, we got a hold of a good, a good nonprofit attorney. He he kind of walked us through the steps, 
and um, two years ago, three years, I can't, everything kind of flows together at this point, but mm-hmm. we became a, a, an official 501c3 nonprofit, and our mission is to uh, help train and equip adaptive athletes who are members of Team SAR and then get those and then provide the funding mechanism, travel grants for those guys to go compete in various competitions, uh, whether they're all all adaptive competitions, yeah. whether they're obstacle course racing, CrossFit, Olympic lifting, powerlifting, track and field, Paralympics. The, we run the whole gamut of civilian and adaptive athletes, men and women just wanting to go out there and make a difference. And the, and the cool part is um, really the mission of the organization is, like we said, to help, to help those guys out mm-hmm. and highlight what they're doing within the adaptive athlete community. Uh, but me being somebody who's not, uh, not adaptive, I look at it from the standpoint of the motivation and inspiration that these guys can bring to America in general. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially like hey don't i am no different than you the only the only thing that's different between you and i is our willpower right i'm not i'm not defined and confined by my adaptations um i just simply work harder than you mm-hmm. and if uh all, all it takes is a little willpower and a little hard work and uh we, we can all make the place a little a little better yeah and they do and and one of their one of their mission statements on the website is that they always adapt always overcome Mm -hmm. and there's a period that separates both of those um and that's what they do and if we also have social media um uh, instagram it's at team some assembly required on our website we've got an awesome video of just these guys and girls getting after it and and just really uh going crazy and one of the um awesome events that we got to help sponsor and fund last year actually was sending Derek overseas to um he currently holds the title of world's of the world's strongest adaptive athlete Mm -hmm. so um these guys are no joke and uh and you know like we said the funds and everything is 100 percent goes right back to the athletes right now we've got some pretty awesome people um taking over the board Josh Cinemo, he's a power lifter. Anthony Torres, he comp- he competes in uh, CrossFit. He's a full time firefighter, and he's a firefighter. Yeah, so you know these guys have full time jobs, yet they still go out and they they kick butt um, in in their different uh, specialty areas as far as working out goes too. So, um, well, and, and I think the. Uh, big part of that is the help that you've brought to the table um you know the main reason you were able to work here initially was you were full-time um basically the the secretary treasurer of of team sar um so a lot of people don't know that um so you do a lot of work for team sar behind the scenes um but it's, it's been because Derek and I don't have the time. Unfortunately, Derek's not a member of the team anymore because he had to he had to step down due to another position he took with another company. Um, so, you know, he and I were the co-founders. Uh, You'll always be the yeah, co-founders. definitely <laughs> always be the co-founders. Uh, you do a lot of work behind the scenes, and now it, now it's kind of cool to see the next step and yeah. that the actual athletes are running the organization. It's cool to see them fired up. I mean, they always get fired up, but now. 
it's like we finally said it's in your hands Mm -hmm. let's make if you want to grow it let's grow you know whatever you guys want to do to make it bigger we're we're here to support basically yeah you and i from a headquarters standpoint or you know whatever ideas and stuff they want to do um we're just kind of here to support them and they you know they're they're the ones that have the ball and and run it with them but all that still was started and, and comes out of here here in Portsmouth, Ohio, which is which is definitely definitely really cool yeah. to see. Such an awesome thing and the adaptive community has grown so much even in the last two years since I've started helping out with the organization, you know, and uh, and that kinda leads us into a little segue that we're going into. But before before that, <clears throat> you know, we've got you've got Doc Spartan and we've talked about how that ties into Team SAR, mm-hmm. um, and how you guys the ointment was used on their prosthetics and yeah and things like that. The idea for the um, the idea for the first aid ointment came from the athletes after seeing all the uh, all the injuries and rashes and rubbing that those guys go through when um, competing in racing marathons, CrossFit. It gets pretty nasty, so. They helped in, um, helped us come up with the idea for a first aid ointment that would help those guys out. So that's pretty cool. And then what we do still to this day is every month we donate a portion of our proceeds to uh, to Team SAR as our as our number one right. nonprofit partner. Yeah, that's awesome. And I know for those guys, they're constantly emailing, "Hey, I'm out. I need more. I'm competing. Can you send it there?" Blah blah blah. But you've also got. Um, an athlete now that you're supporting um, by the name of Rob Jones. Yeah. Um, he's a double AK. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about um, So if, if you want to know the full story about Rob Jones, check out robjonesjourney.com or hit up uh, Jocko Podcast where Rob was a guest. That's how I found out about him. Um He's a Marine, former Marine, lost both of his legs above the knee in Afghanistan, uh, trying to dispose of, uh, of ordnance. Um, so he recovered from that, and then the first thing he thought is, you know what, I'm going to go compete in the Paralympics in rowing. Uh, so he did that, took a bronze medal, and then he's like, you know what, I'm just going to take my bike and go from Maine and ride my bike to California. Uh, see how that goes. So he did that. And now he's currently, I think, on day five or six of 31 marathons <laughs> in 31 consecutive days in 31 different cities. He's uh, I can't running wait to meet on this guy. two prosthetic legs. Yeah. So. And there's a, I mean, it would be horrible, but there, there's a big difference between a below the knee and above the knee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, you don't want to you don't want to lose a pinky toe. No, um, but you definitely don't want to lose ninety percent of your leg either. Right. Um, and this guy, like Dale said, went from rowing to biking and now running in a in a marathon or a full marathon is twenty six point two point two miles for thirty one days in a row. Yeah. So Let what, that set in as you're sitting there listening to this. So he kicked podcast. it off. Yeah, he kicked it off. And the whole idea here is um, he's not taking any money from this, but he has um, three charities, nonprofits that helped him out recover. Mm-hmm. So what he's trying to do is highlight awareness for those charities 
um, through his website and through, of course, you know, running 31 what marathons. He's doing. Yeah, he's drawing um, awesome attention. So he's trying to, you know, raise awareness for those um, for those nonprofits as a way to help them raise funds and, and give back to uh, to other Marines and um, Armed Forces members struggling, you know, going through the recovery process after after being um, injured or amputated. Um, so he kicked it off October 11th. So he decided he was just going to do his first one in England. So he did his first one in England, hopped on a plane, uh, landed in Philadelphia, got up, started running one in Philadelphia. Um, he's done Boston, New York. I think he's doing Toronto today. Um, so I've been texting, emailing him back and forth. So what Doc Spartan did was just like, listen, dude, we're sending you a crate of uh, combat-ready ointment because – you're gonna get your your uh, stumps are gonna get chewed up mm-hmm. trying to go through that. So, so that's what we did. We we sponsored him, and then also what we're doing is during his process of doing this, we're taking ten percent of all sales from Combat Ready Ointment um, during the thirty one days, and we're gonna donate that um, to to his charities as well. That's awesome. Um, so. It's kind of, it's, and then also, shit, today's Monday. <laughs> Monday. So I've got to go run a marathon. Dun, we've got to, we've got to run a marathon in two days. How? And, uh, I, here's, I trained to do that by a Steinholding contest on Saturday. That you, that you talk, you talked it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even actually do it. I just <laughs> emceed it. Yeah. So, uh, here's the deal. Rob, if you're listening to this, do me a favor run really fast so i just have to like tap out and because otherwise i'd be holding the whole thing up but no there's a crew of us going um, from portsmouth and we're gonna go he's hitting columbus this wednesday this wednesday being october 18th i think yes uh he he steps off at 7 a.m and what he does is he runs um, 12k loops mm-hmm. he'll do a 12k loop he then stops rests, ref- refits takes care of his legs right. throws some chow down him and then does another one and then does another one right so he kind of like it starts with the 12k and then he drops it down to nine and then he drops it down again after his yeah so it's gonna be interesting yeah it'll be, it'll be fun and when I told when I told will my husband will that I was doing this he was like okay when was the last time you ran five miles? I was like, like five years ago. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, we got this though. This so, is going to be an awesome. Right. Awesome so it'll be experience. fun. So if, if anyone's listening that's around Columbus, um, you know, you don't have to donate money. You don't have to give anything. All you got to do is go run a couple miles. Yeah. I mean, this guy's slogging through a total of 5,000 some miles. Yeah. Um, it's just cool to go out there and, and give them a little support. Yeah. Um, whether we make it, through, <laughs> I don't even know if I can do one of the loops, and let alone all while, of them. While you're but. cheering him on, just just throw a little go go Dale go <laughs> go Sandy just for encouragement because we will need it too. <laughs> I think I can run so slow that he just laps me, then I can take back off with him as yeah. he's coming back. Maybe yeah. that's the plan. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm trying to come up with a strategy of my own. I. Need to make a playlist or something. Drop a playlist. <laughs> drop a song in the comments if you don't mind. Just drop a bullet in my face so I can end the misery. Yeah. Um, but no, it's 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 amazing. You know I what I mean? Know. And, um, it is, and that's what I was like, man. I know I'm not run, 
but I don't think I could pass up this opportunity. Yeah. So there, you know, there's good people out there doing good things. Um, Served our country, and now he's getting ready to make a big impact, or he is making a huge impact on these awesome nonprofits or these charities that he's running for. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And, and I think um, selfless. One of the one of the b- big lessons to kind of take away is, I think in today's age, um, people. If you own a company, it's your duty to give back. Um, you know, there's a, there's a couple issues along with that, but your first your first goal of a company is to run a profitable business that will enable you to give back to to projects and nonprofits like that. Um, and you know, people want to support companies who do good things right. with their profits. Right. Um, so if you know, of course, this podcast is dedicated to new businesses, especially those um, in a small town. You know, really, really kind of think about what you want to leave as your impact. What you can do through commerce, mm-hmm. because no one really gives a shit if it, if it's just a sole money making endeavor. Um, there's really no value, long-term legacy mm-hmm. building value in that. Um, you can use business. Is Capitalism is a great thing um, if it's used correctly to help other people out right. along the way. So really kind of think about that with your own company. Um, and here's the deal. like if you're, if, you're, if you're a good person doing good things, people want to support that. Right. Yeah, and if, you know, you love, it's good to see, too, like, um, a veteran company giving back to a veteran organization, you know, and and things like that. And even if you're not a company and you're just a consumer listening to the podcast, research. Think about the the places that you go and the the companies that you buy from when you're online shopping or when it's Black Friday, because that's coming up. And, uh, (laughs) yeah. And do some research on those on those companies and those stores that you're buying from, and see if they give back. And uh, maybe you know that'll help lean you one way or the other. Yeah, give and, you something to think about. And definitely, as a consumer, your dollars are votes. Yeah. So where Which you we talk about that. where you where you choose to spend those dollars or where you cast your votes, and uh, don't don't take that lightly. Spend some to like. You know, it's your hard-earned dollar. You figure out what who you are as a person, mm-hmm. and then go support companies. You know, you want to see companies that do things in their small towns that you know try to get products, try to get things that are made in America, and and try to give back to other people. Like, take your time, research those companies. Like, um, mm-hmm. you know, the Glockner the Glockner crew does a great job of that. Like, they're a, they're a stalwart in our community because of what they do to give back. Yeah, and. Uh, and all the jobs and employment they provide here as well. Did you just say something nice about the Glockner boys? No, I didn't. <laughs> They'll appreciate no, that. Tim's still on his Longaburger basket shopping <laughs> spree. Sorry, Tim, I tried to hook you up. And he's I trying think. to match. Like, here's Tim always wears gloves when he works out. <laughs> always wears gloves. I don't think when he goes back to the office, the gloves come off. So what he had to do is he had to find a purse to match oh, his gloves. No. I'm so sorry. Apparently, he's still on that epic odyssey to he find should, the right purse to match his gloves. He should be here soon, as, as long as it's, <clears throat> it's leather. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> well, the thing is, he's probably, like, maybe he's got one for each different day. That's true. Yeah. It makes sense. Just put his bill forward in the next one and the next one. Mm-hmm. Just kidding, Tim. We love you. So, anyway, if we go off <laughs> on these tangents. Um, yeah, if you are a company, find a find an organization that makes sense for you, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a veteran organization. It can be something that makes sense for you and your your family. If you're just a consumer, or you're you know not just a consumer, um, you can also pick an organization. I know I've got some family members right now that are bicycling across the country um, in the name of digestion research through Cleveland Clinic, Williams Syndrome Association, um, just because that's what makes sense for us, for them and and, and our family. So um, check out Rob Jones. RobJonesJourney.com. And definitely hit up the team, some assembly required website. Um, Let us know what you think. Drop your favorite running song in the comments below to help Dale and I get through this. Or just your favorite Don't Die song. Yeah. That's true, too. Yeah, I guess I didn't think about that. Um, And uh, wish us luck, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Make a little Spotlight to shine on me. What I got, I didn't get for free. I broke my back and skinned my knee.